Welcome to Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in our guest blog found at ShareYourStories.online. Our guest is Natasha Sharma, who is a speaker and author with a passion for manifestation. We're going to discuss the new book, Wealth Codes, and how she has contributed to this publication on abundance. Natasha joins us from Mumbai, India. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much, Trish. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I saw your social media post yesterday when you were opening the box uh, with your new book. And mm -hmm. I know that you've collaborated with the author, Jen. So tell us a little bit about how this collaboration came about. As in all the wonderful things in life, the way that they do a series of serendipitous events, one person introducing me to the, another person, Till I ended up in a conversation with Jen, and then she told me about the project. And unlike other Brave Healer productions, this one was a bit unusual in the sense that Jen decided to divide the book in five parts um, in like a theme. So it's got money, relationship, freedom, vitality, and spirituality. So it became very interesting in like, where do I set myself? So when I first told her that my, I work with money and manifestation, she was like, oh, wow, amazing, right? And then I finally talked about the fact that my mission is death. And so then we were like, okay, we think there's a freedom category. So I grabbed the last spot in the freedom category. And um, I write about finding abundance through accepting death in chapter 11, beauty of the end game. Isn't that fantastic? Now, I know that, as you say, you know, serendipity happens and we're introduced to people along the way. And, you know, I shared with you, um, I'm actually traveling this week and the young man who helped me find this wonderful location uh, in the hotel today actually shares your same last name. So talk <laughs> about serendipity. How lovely. Um, one of the things I, I was hoping that you could expand for us is talk a little bit about manifestation because you know we've all heard about the term abundance we've all heard that you know the power of the mind is very strong and that we can manifest a lot of things in our life um, but tell me how you your work actually helps people tap into that well first and foremost I think we need to debunk the fact that the word manifestation is woo and that you need to be in this camp to understand it or to practice it. The reality is, like you said, the mind is a very, very powerful uh, place. And only um, about 10% of our mind is used for conscious activities, like right now, you and I talking. The rest 90% is all subconscious. It's happening in the background. It makes our body work. It stores all our experiences, um, basis which we live our today. So if we, if from that point of view, if our past defines our present, then that is manifestation. It means that every thought and action that we take today impacts our tomorrow. So if we can, if we realize that in terms of the work we do, that I'm doing this project, I'm pitching for this and I'll get that, then why can't you, why, why is it such a stretch to imagine that my thoughts are going to, you know, come into fruition tomorrow? So people say self-fulfilled prophecy, but it really isn't. It is your thoughts dictate where, where you will land up. If, you're, if you have positive thoughts or negative thoughts and repetitive thoughts basically then come into fruition because thoughts influence your actions, even the ones that you don't really, that you're not aware of, basically. Right, right. So when you take a look at that as, a, as an overall premise for the work that you do and the people that you work with, and I'm assuming that you're going to be going on the speaker circuit to talk about your book. So... 
in, in because the book obviously talks about manifestation and abundance. And you've mentioned that there's five different categories that Jen has sort of taken the book and divided it into. Will you be doing any collaborative speaking projects with any of the folks from the book or are you going to do them in isolation? Well, so far, a couple of the authors have uh, podcasts and I'm pretty much sticking to that for now because, as you know, I live in India. So for me to come to the U.S. would need to have like a, a pretty big uh, coordinated itinerary for me to be there in person, which I am looking forward to. I'm sure it's going to happen. Um, I don't know if I mentioned to you, but I've already submitted a chapter for my next book collaboration. And that's actually by the lead author, uh, the lead author, actually the publisher of Brave Healer Productions, uh, Laura DeFranco. So that's coming out in January 2023. So I think 23 is going to come up with a lot of opportunities. And let's see, I'm doing my networking. I'm out there. So if I get enough invitations, I'll definitely be there in person. Otherwise, I'll just, you know, do what I'm doing now with you and speak in uh, intimate settings. You know, what's really wonderful is that uh, I think we're finding post pandemic that where there used to be a lot of sort of hesitation to do work online is that people are now very open to having conversations online and even conducting business online, because, you know, there's no reason why as a, as a, you know, the work that you do in leadership, that you can't help folks no matter where they may live in the world. I mean, you know, here we are, uh, I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and you're in Mumbai, India. I mean, how fantastic is that? You know, when we think about even five years ago, we would have never thought that we would have been able to connect in this way. So you and I met, as a matter of fact, through a collaborative effort where I was speaking at an author summit and you were participating in that event. So how important do you think collaboration is for the future of business? It is the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, what, and, you, and you say that when you say that it's a collaboration over competition. And I truly believe that. Like that business summit, I was invited there by Laura. She was speaking, uh, sorry, the writer's summit. And it was, it was just so uh, amazing to meet you and then through you to, uh, to be on the website and now here. And I'm going to meet like so many people. Sorry, it's really hot in India. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, all my authors, we have collaborated together in this book. We get together on programs. We introduce each other to other opportunities. And it's just, it's just that's, it sort of accelerates the serendipity. It's one after the other. Sometimes I can't even track like how I met who anymore. It is just, um, it, it, it's wonderful. And I love teaming up with people to create something more powerful than thinking I can do everything on my own. Isn't that so true? Because, you know, um, I think that the power of our networks is really what's going to separate us apart in the future. Because to your point, you know, you never know who's going to open the door to another opportunity just by introducing us through a cyber connection, through email, or even, you know, through a DM in social media. So um, that's a really wonderful point. Now, as an, as an individual business person, what gave you this amazing idea to open up the sort of what's taboo about your topic, which is talking about death and being able to have conversations with families over the dinner table or over coffee that make it that much more tangible and being, taking away some of that stigma? Um, so it was a series of events again. Um, I have had death present in my life from a very young age. I lost my 
mother when I was very young. I write about that in the chapter. And um, through my life, um, I've ha I've had a lot of loss to all kinds of death um, that you can imagine. So um, it, I had to go through the grieving process in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different manners. And then during the pandemic, just seeing the kind of loss that just happened across the board, regardless of age or illness or, you know, nothing that used, none of the things that used to prepare us for death before presented itself during the pandemic and after the pandemic. And so many people that, um, that we lost left things disorganized. Everybody was in denial of the death, which is ridiculous since that's the one thing that's for sure. Right, we just, don't know. <laughs> we, just, we just don't know when, and that's where the fear and the uncertainty come from. But the, the fact is when, when I die, my loved ones are gonna be grieving and they're gonna be dealing with my affairs. Now, the more dis, uh, di disorganized I leave my affairs, the more pressure they're going to have to go through. So it's the kindest thing to do is to have your will in order, have your passwords in one place. And for that, we need conversations because otherwise, like you said, it's taboo and people don't want to talk about death and they don't want to discuss their death. And if you ask one of your relatives um, that, you know, where's your will? What are your last wishes? They're like, oh, no, no, no. What do you mean? And, you know, it, it, so this, the fact is that it just needs to become an easy conversation right. by talking about it often so that people can do the practical stuff without it being stigmatized because it really is necessary. You know, I love your reference to having your affairs in order. And I think if we look at it from the standpoint where we're actually helping our loved ones go through the grieving process by making it easier for them, then I think that maybe helps people to, to prepare the conversation, right? To, to step over that threshold and say, uh, and, and do you find that it, it comes from parent to child or chi child to parent? I think both ways. I think it goes both ways because, um, you know, when I lost my mother, my grandmother lost her daughter, right? And my grandmother, I just lost my grandmother four years ago. So for, for most of my adult life, I had my grandmother as my mother. And I knew, I know that every single day she missed her daughter. So I know the, the parent to child perspective from there. And I know the child to parent from my perspective. Um, and from both sides, um, just if I had known what she wanted, like even with my grandmother, for example, she was she and I were so close and we did have conversations about death. And uh, I know I know her will was an order and stuff, but there's so many things she kept she kept hidden. Mm -hmm. And um, the the worst part was when we were talking about her ashes, I realized that I never asked her what she wanted us to do with her ashes. I knew everything else. Oh, sell the flat, rent the flat, whatever. But the ashes, like what you know, I was like, dude, like these are things that we should have discussed. I mean, I don't know why I didn't ever ask her. Right. You know, right. So I lost her four years ago. I lost my father last November. And um, you know, just seeing that so many of their thoughts that I didn't know made me feel that we need to talk about this um now. So I've told my husband everything about my stuff, I've put my passwords in order, he's put told me his and you know, I want my aunts and my uncles to do the same, you know, um, so that, that's how it is. So if you were to our viewing and listening audience who are watching us today, 
Is there a tip that you can give them on how to approach the topic with a loved one? Because, you know, we all know that it's something that people don't want to discuss. So have you found that there is a way in which you can open the dialogue that folks can reference? That's a really good question, Trish, because another thing I've realized is if you start the conversation when a person has been, let's say, diagnosed with an illness or is really old, they have come to an acceptance they have started disengaging from the material world in a lot of ways. And for them, they start thinking, I, I really believe that they start thinking this isn't important. And that's why they don't do anything about it. They have reached that acceptance and the surrender to the end of life process. And they don't share that with us because we don't talk about it. So I believe that we need to be prepared way before, or like I said, we don't know when, but to prepare now, to prepare today. Sure. If you, if you think that, oh, I would love my niece to get this, um, necklace give her the necklace now or at least tell her or you know take a picture and say make sure that my niece gets this. exactly it doesn't yeah. have to be an official will per se the right. official will is for big things it's the right. small sentimental things it's the the clothes in the cupboard do you want them to go to a charity a specific charity then let people know it doesn't right. have to be legally binding for it to be official you know that's so true. And that's a really wonderful point, you know, is almost to, um, you know, buy a diary or, you know, one of those lined journals or something. And, you know, when you're having the conversation, say, would you mind writing down some of the things? Because I, you know, I want to make sure that I honor your wishes. And here's this wonderful place where you can write down all of the things that you would like us to know, or, you know, the memories that you've shared, or even the things that you would like us to, you know, uh, allocate to different family members. That's a really wonderful point. Um, you know, everything doesn't have to be so official. It can be actually quite casual. And I think that's what makes it a little easier to overcome the obstacle, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that we do uh, in the guest blog is we ask folks to share their three words of advice. And your three words are very poignant because they are accept that life is finite. So tell us a little bit about how you can tie up the topic that we've been discussing today. You know, you're sending a wonderful message through the books that you're sharing and obviously trying to open the dialogue with people globally. Uh, to talk about this particular issue. So how does accept that life is finite uh, tie up the, the loose ends for you in terms of the work that you're doing? So those words are uh, extremely personal to me um, because during the pandemic, when all that loss was happening all around us, I realized that I had a certain fear of death and I actually had to look in the mirror and truly accept that my life was going to end one day and when that sort of clicked into place and that acceptance came that life is finite i don't know how finite but it's finite mm -hmm. and so what will i choose to do today how do i choose to live my life what do i choose to buy or not buy how do i choose to spend my time how do i choose to spend my money um all those things actually help me reprioritize my life i've now decided that i would rather my life be a sequence of experiences you know I, I mean i have this opportunity next year literally i can buy a first edition rolex or i can go on this trip and i was like uh hey you know what i think i'll go on the trip yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah absolutely absolutely what a wonderful way to uh, to tie everything up because i think that we're all reassessing where we're going and what we're doing um post pandemic and i really do think that 
uh, with the aging population that we have and the work that you're doing by sharing your message in your various different publications is really going to be something that folks can really help folks in the future. So thank you so much, uh, Natasha, for sharing a, a little bit about your own personal journey and also uh, putting it in print in black and white and uh, giving us an opportunity to share their stories with our family and loved ones too. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. And to you, our viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining me in this edition of Keeping It Real, where we've introduced you to the person behind the logo. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online. Thanks again for joining us. And we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea.